Welcome back to Shnai Mikra, the OU podcast series on Parshat HaShavua. This is Menachem Liptag, and in today's share, we continue our study of Parshat Re'eh with Rav'i, the fourth Aliyah, beginning with chapter 14, Perak Yudalad, in Sefer Dvarim. Banim atem Eloichem. You are like sons, or like children, to Hashem your God. Therefore, lotit godudu, Therefore, do not mutilate yourselves and do not make a bald patch in the middle of your head as a sign of mourning should someone die. As Rashi explains, these were Emirate or Canaanite customs that the nations of Canaan used to do when people would die. Therefore, for you, it is a forbidden custom. And this could be for one of two reasons. It could be because the Canaanites and Emirates act this way. Therefore, you should not do that. Or, as Ebenezer and Raman explained, it's not good to overreact to the death of a fellow human being. It's okay to show emotion and to mourn, but as Ramban explains, not to mourn too much, because if someone mourns too much over the death of a loved one, it shows he doesn't have belief in the world to come, and that would reflect a lack of faith in God. So it's okay to mourn, and one should mourn, and there are frameworks for mourning, but to overdo it and to mutilate your own body as a sign that you've given up all hope on life, that is forbidden because you are like children to God, and hence you always have a father in heaven, I suggest you see both Ramban and Ebenezer on this pasuk. The next pasuk will not only explain the reason why this is forbidden, but also will serve as an introduction to all the laws that are going to follow now in Sefer Dvarim. Ki am kadosh ata because you are a holy or designated nation for Hashem your God, uvacha v'achar Adonai lo la'am skula mikol ha'amim asher al You were chosen by God to be his treasure nation from among all the nations that are on the face of the earth. This is clearly a quote from the covenant that was made at Har Sinai. Take a look back in Sefer Shmot in chapter 19, Sukim Hay and Vav, verses 5 and 6, when God made his original proposal to Am Yisrael, are they willing to accept his covenant? In that proposal, Hashem said, Im bekoli, If you're willing to obey me, briti, and keep my covenant, then you'll be my treasured nation from all the nations. If you accept that covenant, you'll be for me a nation of priests, and hence a holy or designated nation to serve God. This is the proposal that God told Moshe to relate to Bnei Israel. Bnei Israel accepted that proposal, and afterwards God gives them the terms of the covenant, what we call the Ten Commandments, followed by the laws of Parshim Mishpatim, and then followed by the laws of Sefer Tvarim that Moshe is reviewing in this speech. Because these laws that Moshe is reviewing now are part of that covenant and were given as part and parcel of that covenant, therefore this Pasuk serves as an introduction to these laws, not only the previous law, but also the laws that are going now to follow between here and chapter 26. It is also interesting to note that we found a very similar law in Parshat Amor in regards to the Kohanim, the priests who serve in the Beit HaMikdash, they have a special law, They are not allowed to make a bald spot in their head because they're kadosh, because they're designated to serve God. Here we find almost the same law in regard to the nation of Israel. The reason for that is simple. In this parallel, just like within the nation of Israel, there are kohanim separated from the other tribes designated to serve God in the Beit HaMikdash, so too the entire nation of Israel, a mamlechet kohanim, for goy kadosh, has special laws because they're separated from the 70 nations to represent God. So the way the Kohanim have to act in relation to the rest of the tribes of Israel because they serve God 
is very similar to the way that the nation of Israel has to act in relation to the other 70 nations. Because of that service, God expects from them a higher type of behavior. And this will explain many of the laws that Am Yisrael is commanded to keep in Sefer Dvarim. One of those special laws will be the next topic, the laws of Kashrut, the special dietary laws which limit the type of animals that we are allowed to eat. It is forbidden to eat any type of abomination. Before we find out which animals are forbidden to eat, first we're going to be told which animals are permitted. These are the animals which you are permitted to eat. Oxen, what we call cattle, or bakar, and sheep and goats, which we call tzon. Recall that those are the same animals that are permitted to bring as korbanot, as we saw back in chapter 12, if you don't want to bring them as a korban shlamim, you can bring them as basar tava, you can eat them outside the mikdash, as long as you don't eat the blood and put the blood on the ground. In addition to that, it is also permitted to eat what's called a chaya, a wild animal, ayaw utzviv yachmor, the gazelle and the deer and the antelope, v'akov v'dishon v'to'ol v'zamer, and the ibex and the kemas and the bison and the giraffe. I'm following the translation of Rabbi Arya Kaplan in his Living Torah. There's a very wide range of opinions in regard to which animal each of these names is referring to, but again, beyond the scope of the Shnai Cross series. V'chol behima mafresed parsa, v'shoshat sesa shtei prasot, marat geraba behima ota tochelu. Now, after giving several examples of what animals are permitted to be eaten, we find now a general principle, any animal that has a true hoof that is cloven into two parts, and which also brings up its cud, that is permitted for you to eat. Now we're going to find what is not permitted, based on the same principle. These animals cannot be eaten from those animals that either chew their cud or have a split hoof. The camel, the rabbit, and the hare, even though they chew their cud, they do not have split hoofs. Therefore, they are tamay to you and cannot be eaten. And also the pig, the chazir, even though it has a split hoof, it doesn't chew its cud. Therefore, it is tamay for you. You cannot eat from their meat, nor can you touch their dead bodies. There's no specific prohibition for touching the dead body of these animals. But rather, as Chazal explained, if you touch the dead body of these animals, you become Tameh. So if you're coming to the Beit HaMikdash, you have to make sure not to touch them. So there's an Isor Lav. It is forbidden to eat those animals. It's not forbidden to touch them. But if you touch them, you become Tameh. And then it is forbidden to enter the Beit HaMikdash. Now we go from the animal kingdom to the fish. Pasuk Tet, verse 9. These are the fish that you can eat from all the living things in the water. Anything that has fins and scales, that is permitted for you to eat. And anything that does not have fins and scales, it is forbidden for you to eat. And therefore, do not eat it. Now we go to the fowl, to the birds in the sky. Any clean bird is permitted for you to eat. These are the birds that cannot be eaten. The eagle, the asafridge, and the asprey. And the white vulture, the black vulture, and the kite. And the entire family of ravens, they are also forbidden. The ostrich is forbidden. 
ואת התחמס ואת השחף, and the owl and the goal, ואת הנץ למינהו, and the whole species of hawk. פסק ט"ז, את הכוס ואת הינשוף ועד תנשמת, the falcon, the ibis and the swan, והכאת ואת הרחמה ואת השלח, the pelican, the magpie and the cormorant, והחסידה והנפה למינה, and the stork and the heron family, והדוכיפת והטלף, and the hopo and the bat. פסק י"ט, verse 19, Every flying insect is also tamay for you. Lo yachelu, they also cannot be eaten. In contrast, ko'ov tohor tochelu. Any clean bird, it is permitted for you to eat. Pasach of Aleph, lo tochlu chol nevela. A nevela is an animal or even a bird that died without proper shechita. And even though the animal itself was kosher, it is forbidden to eat from its meat. However, you are allowed to give it to someone who is not Jewish. Lager asher bisharecha titanena lo achala. Give it instead to the stranger who is living in your midst and allow him to eat it. Or you can sell it to a stranger in your land. Again, someone who is not Jewish. You cannot eat it. Because you are a holy nation. A nation dedicated to serve Hashem your God. Also, you cannot cook a goat in its mother's milk. The rabbis learned from this phrase not only a baby goat in its mother's milk, but you cannot eat any meat with any milk. What's called the prohibition of Basar Bachalav, that was a law that was already mentioned in Sefer Shmot, towards the end of Parsha Mishpatim in chapter 23, and also after the sin of Chet Ega, it was repeated in the end of Parsha Kitisa in chapter 34. It's mentioned one last time now at the end of the list of the forbidden animals. In this Pasuk, we have two examples of when meat, even though it's kosher, it cannot be eaten. One, if it was not shechted properly, and second, if it was cooked together with milk, it's also forbidden. This concludes Ravi, the fourth Aliyah. But notice how these laws of forbidden meat and permitted meat are surrounded by the phrase in the beginning, Ki am kadosh atal Hashem alokecha, in Pasuk Bet, and also the identical phrase, Ki am kadosh atal Hashem alokecha, in Pasuk Haf Aleph, with our closing phrase, with the prohibition of eating the Vela and Basar Bechalav. There can be no doubt that Chumash is emphasizing a connection between the fact that we are chosen to serve God and the prohibition against eating an animal, which the Chumash calls is tamay or unclean. This brings up the question, what's the connection between being a nation dedicated to serve God and the animals that you eat and you don't eat? One of the reasons that the commentators offer is by having special dietary laws, we restrict our consumption of certain animals to make sure that we do not eat with a non-Jew. That's going to limit our intermingling with them in day-to-day life and to make sure that we do not assimilate other commentators suggest there might be something unhealthy about non-kosher animals. However, there may also be a positive reason for differentiating between an animal which is tamay and tahor. Because it reminds us of why we are chosen and the nature of our chosenness as a nation to serve God. To explain why, we have to go back to the first time in Chumash where we differentiate between an animal which is tamay and tahor. And that is the story of the flood. Recall that Noah is commanded to bring from the clean animals seven by seven and the regular animals, two by two. After the flood is over, Noach takes from the clean animals and offers a sacrifice to God. And after that sacrifice, God enters a covenant between himself and all his creation and promises not to destroy mankind again. And that's the first covenant in Chumash, better known as Brit HaKeshet. Part and parcel with that covenant is the permission that God gives man to eat animals, but also the prohibition that God tells man that he cannot kill his fellow man. Once man is permitted to eat an animal, what would stop him from thinking if it's permitted to kill an animal in order to eat him? 
maybe it's permitted to kill another human being. Therefore, as soon as God permits man to eat an animal, he reminds him of Shafech Dam Adam, Badam Damoy Shafech, Masat Adam. It's forbidden to kill another human being, because unlike the animal kingdom, man was made Betzelem Elohim, there's something godly about man himself, and therefore it's forbidden for man to commit murder and kill a fellow human being. The next covenant that we find in Chumash is a covenant that God makes between himself and Avram Avinu to become the forefather of the nation that's going to represent God in Brit Milah. And that covenant becomes official with the entire nation at Har Sinai where Am Yisrael accepts God's proposal You'll be for me a nation of priests and hence a holy nation. So just like mankind is commanded to differentiate between a human being and an animal to remember that man was created in the image of God, Am Yisrael, who's elevated to a higher level of Dusha, because within mankind, they're separated to represent God, they must differentiate not only between animal and man, but between clean animals and unclean animals, and that serves as a reminder to them that they are separated from other human beings, not that they're better than other human beings, but they're separated because they're designated to serve God. By differentiating between kosher animals and unkosher animals, that serves as a constant reminder to God's nation of the nature of their chosenness and how they must dedicate their lives not only as individuals but also as a nation in the service of God and hence we find the concept of Kedusha going hand in hand with the differentiation between kosher animals and non-kosher animals or what's called a behemat tmei'ah and a behemat Torah. That ends Ravi, the fourth aliyah and tomorrow's aliyah we're going to go from meat to produce and talk about tithing our produce and eating it in Yerushalayim.